0: I don't think anybody all parties involved thought it was going to be like that. Like yeah. I mean I was in TMZ, they wrote about it in the Daily Mail over in the UK. Mm-hmm. There was a little blurb on in People magazine. Not like the, the magazine, but the online version. Yeah, I remember Dave going, "Well, you made it to People magazine." I yeah, like, I mean, you, I don't want to <laughs> not to
1: make this a dick measuring contest, but I, I got Washington Post when I got fired. Hey, which, you know, yeah, and I got daily, I got Daily Mail too. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it mean, wasn't a blurb; it was. A whole was thing. It.
2: Welcome back to Oops the podcast.
1: All right, lots to unpack here.
2: I got something for you,
1: please, Julio. Julio, I don't know where you came up with
2: dude this guy was a huge turkey
1: what is this japan which is one of the reasons why i hadn't told you about it
2: no and i also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were gonna tell me yeah yeah which of course you were oh yeah
1: we're oops the podcast that's julio Gallarati to my left what's happening to his left ryan
0: that, Lynch, are we grooming Francis 2.0? Is that what's going on here?
1: That's right. I mean, <laughs> I've been grooming him for a long time. He's called me his fuck thing before. Oh. Yeah. So wait, is Frankie
0: <laughs> <laughs> is Frankie Borelli feeling Frankie Borelli, I can't
1: pin down him. literally or mm-hmm. figuratively. Uh, I'm with you on that. <laughs> He's put on too much weight. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Chris over here on the 1s, 2s and 3s. Yeah. And we are joined by a pioneer of podcasting. Wow. <laughs> the Lewis of Lewis and Clark of podcasting here at Barstool, one of the OGs, an absolute face you've known for many years, and I would argue one of the people that made me think, man, oh, man, could I ever write at Barstool? If so, that would be a dream job to emulate and follow in the footsteps of this man right here to my right, Kevin KFC Clancy, ladies oh, and gentlemen. That was
0: maybe the uh, most... <laughs> respectful intro i've ever gotten one of the very few people who respect me here man thank you bro i don't think you
2: <laughs> he's good at, he's good at intros yes
1: i don't think you get enough um credit i really mean that <laughs> i fucking agree
2: <laughs> i don't think try you... not to harp
1: on it but it
0: eats at me constantly i don't think you get enough credit um
1: i don't think you get enough credit and and i i don't i don't really understand it
0: well you know i mean I mean that. <laughs> no, I, I, I do understand it in a sense because, um, well, maybe I don't. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's Some things I think are pretty blatant. Like um, we, we either did it first or tried to do it first or were trying new mediums and new styles and then other people came along and did it. And I think I think what happened is other people came along and did it bigger and better and were more famous and more successful. And so... It's kind of one of those things where it's like you just uh, you get forgotten because there are, you know, there's when you work at Barstool, you're going up against, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, your podcast is not as big as call her daddy. It's like, well, no fucking kidding, man. Yeah. If that's the bar, you know, mm-hmm. so when it's pardon my take and spitting chicklets and call her daddy and Dave Portnoy as just like an entity. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> you're right. I'm not like on that level. But I think that there's some in between tiers there mm-hmm. where it's like I think sometimes. Um, but I also like being in the deep end. You know what I mean? It's almost like good. Compare me to the absolute best. You know, I'd rather be uh, in the same conversation with them, even if it's you know saying you're not on that level or whatever. I mean, somebody somebody the other day I I I listed off the 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 guests that we've had recently, and someone was like, "What is this? Just like a knockoff Joe Rogan?" Like all you do is have the guests that he's had. And I'm like, okay, brother, (laughs) you know, let's keep with that narrative. You know what I mean? Like you want to keep mentioning me alongside that show. All good.
1: Yeah. Um, So we had Dave Portnoy before Joe Rogan did. So that's what was funny. So this this
0: one guy, this one guy was hammering me about, about that, that Joe, all all these people run Joe before. And I said, well, you know, they did my show first. And he wrote back, like, Obviously, being very sarcastic, like of course, he did my show first. It's you know uh, uh, nothing compared to Joe, and he wrote back like, "Oh well, if that's the case, I owe you an apology. I'm like you got and then i remember yeah. then I remember to stop talking to strangers on the internet, It yeah. was like, fucking stupid, mm-hmm. but anyway, this is a long winded way to say, like um sometimes I wish that there was a little more recognition, and not only for uh, for me but i i mean Feidelberg is the the least uh." recognition goes his way yeah so i think between the two of us sometimes we could get a little more credit especially like the way we've done i think we've made some really incredible strides with comics in the last few years and it's like if you look at what uh the amount of love that other podcasts get for doing as well in their field you know the best hockey podcast the best golf uh guests what pmt does with athletes what blah blah blah. like we've done that with comedy but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to have popped like in the in the general public. The comics recognize it. I mean, well, we always time. get a lot of great great reviews from the comics. Uh, some people internally here, like yourself, recognize it. But I don't know if it ever really made the the jump outside the barstool bubble. Julio,
1: tell us as a deeply entrenched and respected member of the New York comedy scene yourself, what your impression. Independent of your work here at Barstool is of KFC and KFC. Well, let's just say KFC Radio as it, its place in the comedy world.
2: This is very. This is very good. What's happening right here? Yes, I had it ready. You could almost tell.
1: Oh, I could feel you, it. T- <laughs> it I could feel it. <laughs> uh,
2: lob it up. Thank you, Francis. Colorado slams at home. Well, yeah. Like, I wonder about that because, like, yeah, it's easy to. And I'm in no way like I don't understand the complexities necessarily of everything that you just said right uh that's good sure. like i almost
0: like to know from the point right. of view of a normal person who's not right. a fucking weirdo barstool fan who knows all the <laughs> ins and outs it's like just tell me as a normal guy what do you think no
2: totally um i know that before i even you know was was over here and before i had met you um i had been hearing about your show forever from comedians and it was always interesting to see how excited every comedian who had ever met who was about to do your show Who had just done your show was. Right. And how much they love doing it and love you. Yeah. And they're like, they're the best. They're so good to comics. You know what I mean? It's this like thing where like, it's almost like a notch on the belt doing your guy's show. Yeah. It's like a big deal, dude. And I,
0: I, uh. My goal was to always try to be like an East Coast Joe Rogan with the notion in mind that, you know, no one's ever gonna attain that level. But the idea being, uh, if you're on the East Coast instead of the West Coast, like, you come through our show and we put you on and it's kind of like, a, uh, you know, what I hope once you've come on our show, we launch you to another level and then hopefully you go to Joe's show and you go to the top level, but that we'd be like an in-between and it seems to have kind of come to fruition um, and really in the past like year or so and, and, and a lot because of Burke Kreischer and the way he, he's the one guy who really openly talks about it. Like, like a lot of people say it to me. And sometimes I'm like, can you say it on your podcast too? Like, <laughs> Thank you so much, but also tell the world. Yeah. Uh, Bert very openly says it, um, and so like they in the comic world are very, like very open about it and very gracious, and always say great things. And sometimes I'm like, I hope I hope the, the fans are listening and and yeah. take mm-hmm. note of it, or at least you know give it a shot. Or it's like, hey, I love this comic or this podcast, and they say you got to do this one or this is the best one that we do so why don't we check it out too and and the show has been growing i'm not to, this is not to say that like kfc radio is not doing well or something it's doing great but sometimes i think that where we're at and sometimes the feedback i get are not jiving you know mm-hmm. where it's like
1: you mean from you mean from the higher ups here
0: um i think that the higher ups here don't get like dave openly is like i don't like stand up comedy except for Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. So naturally, he's just, I remember him getting an offer to do a pizza review with Sebastian Maniscalco. Mm-hmm. And he said, why would I do that? Like, who is this I guy? I remember that. It was the very same weekend he was in town. He sold out four nights at the Garden. He moved like 100,000 tickets that weekend or something crazy with all the spots he was doing. And Dave was like, I don't know him. I don't really get him. I uh, no, you know? And that's fine because comedy is a weird world where, Some people can be so famous in that realm. Yeah. I mean, I think Sebastian is kind of breaking out of that. Everybody knows him. But um, so when Dave is not really co-signing something or into something, uh, you're not going to get that push from the company, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've always kind of been on an island doing our thing and for better or worse, like that was also my career at Barstool in general, because we did like. Everybody, it, there's always so much competition at Barstool, you know? And it back, especially back during the day, in the olden days, it was like so much competition that we weren't like promoting each other. We were never really hyping each other up. So it was always like, I'm just going to do this, you know, on my own and get there on my own. And so, you know, we've, it, it, uh, it's a long winded way to say you can't necessarily complain about if I'm not getting recognition from higher ups and stuff. If I'm not, talking with them and working with them and having a discourse with them too, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe along the way, I should have been more vocal and been like, hey, what we're doing over here is pretty fucking awesome, take a look at this. Um, but I do remember one time talking to Dave, I think we were either negotiating a salary or just talking about whatever, and he said to me, like, you guys are easy money. Like, you, you do your thing, you don't complain, I never have any drama with you, aside from like our like on-camera drama, you know? He was like, and the money comes in and like, you're good. You know, it's like set it and forget it, which on the one hand I was like, I guess that's a good thing, but it's not the most, not the most glowing review where you would prefer it would be like, how about, you know, it's like the squeaky wheel gets the oil thing. Maybe I should have, shouldn't have been so Mm -hmm. set it and forget it. Maybe I should have been a little louder and I'd be getting, you know, a different, different review if you will. Yeah.
1: When, um, when was the first ever podcast episode that you recorded and released? In what year? June
0: 2012. They had a pod in 2012. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was so we just wow. had our 10 year anniversary over
1: the summer. Wow. That, that that was Which... at a time when the top 100 on the iTunes chart was all of the podcasts. <laughs> yeah, in the world, in right? the world. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean it, it's That's really wild. like as far as I know, the people who predate me that like we all know and matter because was, there was a smattering of shows that like, but it was like Bobby Kelly had one, uh, Joe Rogan. Bill Simmons, I think probably Mark Marin. Had Kruten and Christina
2: um, even started that early? I wonder. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's probably a couple like floating yeah. around there. Um, so yeah, I mean that, and that was like that was all thanks to my brother who he had been. If I was smart, I probably would have been in eleven or maybe even ten. He was mm. pushing it early, but I was like, I don't have, we don't have a studio, we don't have a call. I come from the sports radio world. I grew up listening to like live sports radio, terrestrial. So I was thinking about taking callers and having interviews and all that. And I was like, we don't have the means. We don't have the production because back then it was just like living in my apartment trying to figure shit out. He came to me He and he, he knows how to like push me where it's like, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. And and I he gets to bother me and then he knows to fall back but when to push me. And he came to me and he said, Google voice is now a thing where you can call this phone number. And people can leave a message, and we can play that like it's a call. And then I was like, all right, let's go. Oh, wow. That they, was, that was the, the, the vehicle that let me do it.
1: Am I wrong to think that you guys were the first podcast or one of the very first to ever include fan voicemails on a podcast that you would respond to?
0: I would probably guess we were the first, to be honest, yeah. First. probably First that, like, eventually then made it. There might have been some guys doing that mm-hmm. who had fizzled out or whatever. I've never heard of anybody else doing the voicemail idea.
1: I remember when it uh, became a thing, because I was following Barstool back then, and I remember not understanding what a podcast was. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, a lot of that. just being like, <laughs> I'm not... I thought, I thought somehow it was just you, the mail time. Yep. I thought that was just you having phone call conversations with random people the whole time. No, yeah. And that I was, was like, I don't know that I'm interested well, so, in that. Well, so you know
0: what happened was I... KFC radio became the voicemail show, really, because that was in the very beginning. That was like my co-host because I was like, I'm not good enough yet to do like I can't just sit and talk for an hour. Like Bill Burr was another one. Bill Burr style. Uh Like I couldn't just ramble for an hour the way he did. Um, I remember trying. My brother was like, all right, let's try a podcast. And I was like, here we go. And I, get, I did all my material for the day, and it was 12 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> well, uh, you know, we're just a tad short. Um, but the voicemails, ironically or coincidentally or whatever you want to say, everybody that called that line were all fucking dumb hypotheticals, you know? Like, the, the, the way that KFC Radio went with, like, would you rather fight a tiger or a bear? Or would you rather fuck your mom or dad? All that shit was just because <laughs> the first, like, 20 calls – were all that <laughs> there was nobody being like hey man, name, man um you know going through this breakup with my girlfriend and blah blah right. blah it was all just like who's faster Warren Sapp or a cheetah with a three legs or whatever you <laughs> yeah. know uh-huh. so it went that direction <laughs> and then I That's added good. Fidelberg on and then like a couple years later we added Dan on and that show was that form but I still really wanted to just do at that point what I considered a podcast which was just two guys sitting down for an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's when I did Mail Time with my brother where that was like me and him are basically like copies of each other. So it was almost like having a conversation with yourself. It was kind of weird to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. But we always had a theme for that episode. Like today's theme is like um, the hot girl at work, workplace romances. And Mm -hmm. we talk about that. Or uh, like a a, a fun one we did was like misheard lyrics. We played clips of songs where people got the lyrics wrong. Shit like that where it was a little more of like Here's an hour of, like, you know what you're going to get. And then the other show was the boys bantering and, and the phone calls. And then eventually it was like, this is stupid to be so fragmented. Let's put it all, all of our effort into one show.
2: That's sick. And that was
0: when me and John went off on our own. Like, all that happened at the same time. Dan went to Pardon My Take. We cons- I consolidated all my shows. We went to twice a week, you know, the whole nine. That was when mm-hmm. it was all like, let's formalize this and go for it.
2: It's odd.
1: Is there any part of you that wonders if you hadn't cast so many separate lines in the water? Every day, man. Every day. And had just focused on one thing. Yeah. What that might have been?
0: Yeah, but uh, totally. Because I think if you look around at all those shows I mentioned that really um, popped, it was like very... under You could understand exactly what it was. This is the hockey podcast, you know? But then those guys would spiral out and talk about whatever they want. But you have a a very pitchable, sellable, and describable show. And we heard that from sales all the time. First of all, the name sucks. The name is terrible. It's the stupidest name in the history of the world. (laughs) I literally just made it up on the spot one day, putting zero thought into it. All I said to myself was, hey, maybe it might be smart to put some of my own name on something here. And at the time, like I said, I was thinking about terrestrial radio. So in my world, it was always like, W-F-A-N, W-E-E-I, W-I-P. So I was just like KFC, just like letters and radio, you know? And um, it eventually, I mean, every time people are like, is it about chicken? And then there was a time where KFC radio (laughs) was my podcast, but my radio show had a different name. And they were like, is this live? Is it not? (laughs) And um, so the name, and then they were also like, "It, what, like, give me your elevator pitch. And it's like, Mm-hmm. I need 10 minutes to explain it. Sometimes we do this, and sometimes we do that. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. The one thing I think that could have worked, would have worked, I think the way I was doing it, because it was like we talked about sports, we talked about chicks, we talked about pop culture, we talked about it all, which is what Barstool, the blog, was. If that was called like the Barstool Sports Podcast, I think it would have eventually exploded. Yeah. I just don't think that was ever really an option without Dave being on the show. Mm -hmm. I don't think he ever would have been like, yeah, you can call it that and just do that on your own. He very openly has said he thought it was like a side project I did for fun. So he was never going to be like, okay, this can represent the, the, the company in that space. But if you, if, you know, if, so if someone said, what's the podcast and you just said, you know, the blog, all the things they post, it's them talking about it. Mm -hmm. Boom. We would be good, you know? But, um, I think spreading myself, you know, master of none sort of style, was um probably a misstep but also I don't know what my 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 specialty would have been mm-hmm. so in that sense it's like folk, if I was truly really good at at that point I wasn't as into comedy if I was if I knew as much back then I probably would have done that mm. but like I I could talk about New York sports and the Mets and stuff but that doesn't really interest me I'd rather be like this is all general conversation that's funny And if along the way that makes it harder for sales to pitch and for you to make a deck and to clients to understand, like, so be it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you look at everybody else who's succeeded in like in a major way, it's all that you know exactly what their show is. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean?
2: Well, dude, like I I can't help but think that like there, you can only like lie with your methods, like as far as doing things the way you were going to do it. So like you can be like, I should have done it this way, but like, Being true to yourself, there's value there. You know what I mean? You have to make a choice somehow. And, like, you know, to me, I see you as a guy who everything has worked out for. I know. (laughs) know I I know.
0: Sometimes, (laughs) well, this place has a tendency to be very negative in the past. And (laughs) so you do, like, internally, there's there's not, you know, you're not getting an attaboy, as we all know. Externally, fans, are the ones that like love you the most are also the ones that were critiquing every word of every blog and everything you put out and so there was like a lot of negativity and you yeah. you know even when you're you have, you have the thickest of skin that's gonna you know totally. it was like I, I would never like lie lie at home like crying myself to sleep mm-hmm. all that often every now and then but i but I'm, i i i have to imagine it overall shaped my opinion of like i'm not killing it i'm not mm-hmm. the best you know where some people like you know. Thank you for saying that because yeah, it probably sure. was, you know, more that more success than not. But it, it was. Um, it's hard you to know. believe that when you're not hearing it very often. You know
1: what I mean? Totally. You've been here too long. Totally. <laughs> I, I've, I mean, I'm,
0: I'm institutionalized for sure. You I'm
1: indoctrinated, have... uh, whatever you want to say. Uh, you, you brainwashed and fucked. You're not comparing. <laughs> you're not comparing where you're at to all the hundreds and hundreds of people trying to start a podcast. Yeah. Or Absolutely. get people like Burt Kreischer on their radar. I try to remember that. You're man, not I really comparing. You're only comparing yourself to the, the other top, people that know? work here.
0: But on one level, I I um I hope that's like an admirable trait. Like I'm never I want to always compare myself to bigger and better and try to get there. But I very much like try to tell myself to like stop and smell the flowers. You know. Yeah. I, I I I usually I compare it to uh, a swimming pool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like to me. I I you know there was a point in my life where like a house with a pool is like the best thing right you know I want to swim in the pool like I want a pool I love a pool hmm. and then the people who who have a house with a pool you swim in it like the first couple of years and then eventually it just fucking sits there you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. and it's like there was a time where all you wanted was, was that like in ground pool, pool. <laughs> and the first year you had it it was the best thing ever and now it's just sitting there and you know you forget that like you got to enjoy some of it but again when not many people are saying it and I'm, I'm not one to like, like, you know, I'll hype all you guys up. I'll hype everybody up. That's hopefully what I'm looking forward to in this next level is like talking on social media about other people's shows and other clips that I find funny. I love doing it. I'll do it all day long. Putting out my own promo and being like, this is funny. You should go watch it. I would rather die than, you know. So if, but it's kind of one of those things. It's like, if I'm not talking about it, then they're not going to talk about it. And if they don't talk about it, nobody talks about it. So on and so forth. But really when there's not that much positive reinforcement going on, you know, you don't you you start to either consciously or subconsciously believe that a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why when I hear these things or when Bert was so on the record about it, or you know, it's like important to hear those things, mm-hmm. you know. There's times me and John will call each other and be like, yo, just so you know, like, think about what we did like this week. Like where we had like a really good week. Where we like did we the had standard. these four like best, we had like an A-list celebrity, an A-list comic. We went viral for this clip and we, you know, made the company this much money or some shit. Like that's a good year for some people. We did it in a week. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah, you're right, you're right. And then there's times where I got to call him and remind him of that. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, that shit's important. I think like there's plenty of negativity to go around in the world of the digital social media era and shit. Having that positivity, I think, goes a long way my
1: my wife sent you know. me a quote this morning after we fought about how much she was spending on amazon <laughs> and i'd like to read it because um, she claims they're all purchases for mutual benefit and for mm. the household uh, but i don't disagree with that how that's possible <laughs> Here it is. Uh, you may believe that living life to the fullest is seeing every country in the world and quitting your job on a whim and falling recklessly in love, but it's really just knowing how to be where your feet are. It's learning how to take care of yourself, how to make a home within your own skin. It's learning how to build a simple life you are proud of. A life, a life most fully lived is not always composed of the things that rock you awake, but those that slowly assure you it's okay to slow down. That's My favorite part. Wow. That you don't always have to prove yourself, that you don't need to fight forever or constantly want more, that it's okay for things to be just as they are. Totally. Little by little, you will begin to see that life can only grow outward in proportion to how stable it is inward, that if the joy is not in the little things first, the big things won't fully find us. Who said that? Brianna West.
0: That's somebody I should know? I have
2: know. no idea. Don't know that. either.
0: That's important shit right there. It's
2: a nice for real that was very well good. summarized yeah, because nice.
1: I thought that was good for, for all of us.
0: I don't know about <laughs> necessarily how it all ties back to spending too much money on Amazon, bitch, but <laughs> you know Stop buying bags and shit. I don't yeah, know, lady. That's it.
1: Stop. Stop but it.
0: You know what is so fun? I am the ultimate. Do as I say, not as I do. Like I would I would look you right in the eyes and tell you that exact thing. Like, mm-hmm. remember what what you're doing, the fact that you guys are here and doing this, that you get up on stage in New York City and do comedy, people pay to see you, that, you know, you are in the top 001% of people who have ever tried to do this shit. Yeah. I will tell you that and fully believe it and really mean it, and I will turn around and absolutely not believe it about myself. Yeah, and yeah. Like, <laughs> and I can't reconcile it. I know it makes no sense, but, you know, I don't know if that's the... Irish Catholic in me, if that's the I've been on the internet too long in me, the barstool in me, whatever, uh, that's just the way it goes. Yeah.
1: Buddy boy, uh, Ryan and I are about to bust out for Minnesota.
2: Oh, sick dude! I've heard about this. What a fun, exciting adventure! Yeah, we got I an adventure it. plan. We got some fun stuff planned. For <laughs> someone who doesn't like little yachty, going to Minnesota is pretty funny, huh? Is that where he's
1: from? Oh like Cole, Minnesota. Is that where Sorry, he's from: I didn't mean to get Oh: for you. You Well, to the question going, I have, so. I know it's going to be very cold, so I've been struggling to think about what sort of coat I need to bring. Mm. But more importantly, I was struggling to figure out what sort of pants mm. to bring. And I thought about packing some really heavy, warm pants, but then I thought to myself, am I
2: really going to sacrifice comfort for warmth? Not to mention, you won't need to pack at all if you wear a pair of bird dogs.
1: That's exactly right. If I bring my bird dogs pants, I don't care what the temperature is. I know no matter what, I'm going to be happy.
2: You'll be able to sleep on that plane still? Yep. As, reclining as far down as you can. And guess what? They're saying that turbulence has gotten much, much worse over the last 10 to 15 years. Are they That's saying? That's great. And there's much more random, extreme turbulence oh, where Lord. the beverage cart hits the top of the plane. 85% of the time, it's the flight attendant that's getting injured. Don't worry. Okay. But if that if that is to happen, you got to be nimble, pal. Yeah. You know, you better be wearing your bird dogs. Like Jack. Jack you know? be nimble. Absolutely. Because <laughs> um, you need to strap that seatbelt in just in case, but you still want to be able to be comfortable.
1: Yeah. Wow. Those are so much info. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Thank you. And, and, and I'll you're tell welcome. you what. I, bird Have dogs' fun in pants skies.
2: are
1: the great pant to wear, whether you're watching flight attendants' break their necks all over the plane or <laughs> beverage carts fly around. Uh, whatever it is, those are the pants to travel in. Fundamentally, Absolutely. it's true. I don't care where you're going, whether it's Minnesota or Key West.
2: Key West, Florida.
1: Bird Dog's <laughs> pants have you covered. The best shorts, the best pants, the best joggers in the game. Built-in underwear liner, meaning you don't have to pack a pair of U-Trow to go with your pants. That's right. So, guys, go to BirdDogs.com. Use promo code OOPS. You'll get that signature tumbler. That comes with your purchase birddogs.com promo code oops so yeah. okay and julio i apologize because i have i have so many questions but if you want to Oh, can
2: i, can I tack something in? on yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. so before we move on it's funny you say that because as i've been talking to you about how i think you're so successful and when i'm hearing you talk about like you know the squeaky wheel gets the whatever that saying is. Jeez. I think that about, <laughs> I think that about myself too. I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe I should have been this. Maybe I should have been that. It's easy for me to tell you, dude. it Seems like you're crushing you're good, it. Yeah. But the same shit. I think the same thing about myself. I'm always like, I'm not bold enough. My approach has been too mm-hmm. soft. I'm not willing to fucking kick down the door and be like, it's yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No. Like totally. I'm scared to do that. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think
0: uh, I think there's a few things in that. I, I think. Um, like, it's it's just not ever been my personality to to complain really about anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've been told by like multiple people here, people kind of on their way out the door from other jo- like third floor jobs and shit, being like, "Yo, just to let you know, if you speak up a little more." Like, like the reason why some people get these deals and these things that get done is because they're in my ear like every fucking day, and they are kicking in doors, and they are complaining, and they are. And that's where that that whole easy money thing, I'm like, maybe I should have fucking spoke up. I think inherently the problem I have is that, um, and if you're anybody at Penn who deals with negotiating contracts, turn this off right now. I I feel like deep down, I know that this is kind of like a cushy job and like a dream come true. And sometimes I think the money that everybody can be making here is like stupid and ridiculous. And even just having a little taste of like four years of doing the real world, I'm like, I was happy to just not have to live in that life anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what you should know is your value. You should know how much money you can bring to the table with your followers and your reach and your talent and all that. So fuck you, pay me. But deep down, I'm kind of like, I think this job is probably actually worth like 50K.
2: (laughs) So like anything above (laughs) that, you know?
0: And that's wrong and I'm not right. But there is, (laughs) that's what I mean. It's like, I don't want anybody thinking that. But there is a little bit of of that where it's like, I really got to believe that. Before I fucking do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't, I think you can smell it on someone when they actually, you know, think it versus they're trying mm-hmm. right. to, to think it. You know, it'd be like a poser. Totally do. But totally. I, I do hate to admit it. There is a level of me that, like, once the the pen stock vested, that it's like I now have a quantifiable number that proves you know, up until then, it was like, do you like me or do you not like me? Do you think I'm funny? I'm not funny. You could look at the charts or whatever, but it's like, uh, sadly enough, it took some of money for me to be like, I was right. You were wrong. I, You know, I'm better than you think I was to anybody <laughs> who, like, doubted me, you know? Um, so, like, I guess once you have the confidence for whatever reason, then you can be squeaky about it, you know? Yeah. It all comes back
1: to confidence. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I, I, it probably took somewhere north of – Five million dollars. To to feel that way? For, for you. Yeah. Probably north of six. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See what you're doing here. <laughs>
0: what? You guys can do the math. You know, I had a, I had a few percent to save the company. A few percent. And the number that it sold for is oh, out there, so you go do second. the math. Hold <laughs> on a second. All <laughs> right, calculator. so the
1: company was valued at what? Five hundred and fifty-one million dollar sale. Six hundred fifty. Six yeah. six hundred and fifty. Six hundred fifty total. Yeah,
0: Holy it was like shit. it was like three hundred the first round and three fifty the. So next it year. went
1: up in between those two valuations. It was, I was told because they bought didn't they buy a third at hundred and fifty for with an evaluation of four hundred and fifty million or something?
0: I, the original number I heard was four fifty. But then, like, and I was blown away by that. I was talking to somebody, or maybe when I did my solo episode myself the other day on KFC Radio. I was on the outside of that whole process. I didn't know anything about it. I found out about that deal the day before you guys. Like, I had 24 hours notice that was it before the public knew. We had always hoped, like, maybe in our wildest dreams we could sell this thing for $100 million. And even up until that point, I never knew, like, when Dave said $450 million, I was like, you gotta- <laughs> Fucking kidding me! Mm-hmm. I was like, is, are, "Does Penn? Are they crazy?" <laughs> and it turns out they like, you know, it's a steal with the revenue we're bringing in. But at that time, I, I was blown away by four fifty, and then I found out that there was some sort of terms of the of the contract that said it's minimum four fifty and can go up to six fifty if we meet or six hundred, whatever, yeah, whatever. So I shouldn't talk about. Yeah, it was like if we hit certain levels, and it was like pretty quickly. Pretty, ur- now. apparent. It's probably called the we ur- out. Yeah, like we we were hitting all those numbers yeah. to make it Sick. hit the high end of, of the number. So
1: So amazing. Wow. Uh, you had a couple of points. I'm guessing 3. 3 to 4% is what you had. <laughs> okay. Cool.
0: <laughs> I you know what? I genuinely wish we could openly talk Why about can't this. You? And I I don't Did know. Did they tell you not to? I, no. And I I I myself like absolutely would but I just think there's so many assholes out there that would either, like... Yeah. No, not, Kevin. You
1: don't need the smoke. No, period. Kevin. This is how we <laughs> tell those assholes to go fuck themselves. Uh, so. Yeah,
0: maybe so. So, hold
1: on. I'll do it for you. You're not even here right now. Right. $650 million was the valuation. At a 3% equity stake, you're talking about uh, $20 million. It's like eighteen nine, but who's...
2: <laughs> if you had to guess, like...
0: <laughs> well, but but it's... nineteen five. million? It's... Um, it's um, it was half now, half stock, half cash though. So I got okay. I got the this first round was was just a chunk of cash.
1: Holy shit, Six. dude! That is so much more than I thought. <laughs> I am so happy for you. <laughs> That's fucking sick. It's <laughs> fucking, uh, <laughs> oh man, and that is so much money. The boys
0: it's getting cash. cash now. It's, hold and on, that, that hasn't even set in. So like the like I said, the first chunk is is cash. But I will say what they have told me is that so this money came in this year so like next tax season not this one right right coming up but i gotta pay taxes on the whole thing
1: Uh uh-huh you gotta be careful and that
0: is like there's a chunk of cash that came in but it's pretty damn close to the whole tax number i'm gonna have to pay oh so i was like how does that work that's and they were like don't worry like you know there's certain things we can do to lower it or defer it or whatever but i was kind of like I was about to be like, all right, let's buy some things, and then I was like, maybe let's not buy some yeah, things. Let's get through smart. that round first. Did so, they team
2: you guys up with like financial advisors? When no. This so that's
0: or? funny. Funny too. I was so not. I, I don't really mean this. Like, I'm not actually superstitious or whatever. But I was so like, I'm not gonna touch the money. I'm not even gonna think about it. Some people were like, oh, you could probably get take a loan out on that incoming stock one day and have some money and, and I was like, I am waiting until this shit happens. Like, cause I'm just, you know, I, you know, nothing, nothing ever has like totally broke my way when it comes to some of these things. So I was just like, I am not going to fuck around until I have this cash. So then I like, I didn't take a lot of steps that I probably should have been taking like the whole time. So all of a sudden it got like down to the wire and I was like, Oh fuck, I don't have a tax person, I don't have a finance person, I don't I didn't even have I didn't even have the right account open the week of the money hitting. Oh wow. I, um, I, maybe I'm stupid. I, I just had like a JP Morgan account and I thought like the money would go there and they were like, no no no, you need like a private banking wealth, oh, sure. whatever. Mm. And Chase private client? Yeah. And, yeah. He, and so he set that up for me and I told this on Casey Radio when the money because everyone asked me like, what happens is the you just see the account number change or midnight hits and the yeah. money changes I didn't have my own password to my account at that point because I waited so long. (laughs) So the guy who set it up for me had texted me and just said, the number, like, the money hit. The number is this. And I was like, cool, what's my login? Like, name and password. I I didn't even know my name. So, like, he was, those guys were like, "Uh, are you crazy? Like, you don't don't have to set up yet? Like, they were like, we're going to have to expedite this through, like, all of the regular bullshit. We got to have it ready. Um, Because I was just so, like not until it's the clock is double zeros you know mm-hmm. what i mean like so so
1: that yeah, number isn't... hits yeah that's awesome. awesome um you'll have everything shake out you don't live in new york city no i mean, you you live in mean, westchester yeah so you don't pay city tax correct that's awesome that's, yeah, that's 4 nice plus. 4 plus percent right yeah, there that's a nice would
2: they have advised you to move before that happened? so I, <laughs> like... I
0: i saw you know Papa page views going down to florida mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i started to look at some other places other states that do that kind of shit i couldn't go to florida but i think vermont is one that's either really low or non-existent new hampshire is really new hampshire has new
1: hampshire, new no sales tax although i think their property taxes are really high there was
0: something that was you know in the northeast that i kind of kicked around the idea yeah I, I i kicked that idea around for like six hours because i was like the logistics of it i mean i i moved apartments before, like a year ago and I moved like 10 extra minutes from where I was. And it was like a problem with my, with the, my ex-wife and everything. So I was like, imagine if I picked up and went to fucking New Hampshire.
1: Mm. Right. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, you, yeah. It is funny. Don't you think it should be the opposite? That when you're scratching and clawing for every penny, you, you try to go find a place in one of these states that has lower taxes. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like, I know, I know the, when you start to make $100 million and you see your tax bill is Fucking 30 because of new york you're like i gotta get out of here mm-hmm. but it it almost should be like the other way around where it's like i i am scratching to get by as is i gotta right. get to a state where there's no fucking taxes
2: yeah you know what i mean right, right. Like if you make but 80 it's also K, you know, picking up and moving is, it's gone yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's
0: like now you could theoretically afford to pay all those taxes but right. i guess it's when you see that number just poof gone it's like
2: yeah so let me ask you this imagine that I mean paying taxes on like, it's crazy Like when
0: they started talking to me about my taxes next year I was like uh, I don't want to talk about this like we'll talk next year
2: uh. and especially with the way yours is structured like if, since you're getting half in cash and the rest in stock right and yeah. it all has to come out of the cash that's what I'm gathering that's kind of what they're
0: telling me which uh, by the way I, I don't know like what, what happens if the stock fucking goes to zero right. knock on wood it doesn't but like what if I I don't realize that money ever? No, you, but I have to fucking pay it.
1: Like I, I I can't imagine you have to pay capital gains tax on equity that I'm not on like stock taking out. You know that you're not. Touching. But
2: I, I guess they're But it's like income. They're saying it's like, like yeah,
0: it's like it's like one transaction where you it's are like receiving ac- uh, yeah no. uh, assets or whatever it is. Mm. And, and I, I mean I'm I'm probably exaggerating a little bit. It's not like the whole amount, but it's a fucking chunk of it that there was some amounts that I was going to like. Pay to family, and I had to like trim those down a little yeah. bit, and I was like, maybe I'll get you in a couple installments rather than just one big lump sum, you know, whatever. So um, you were
1: gonna buy your mama an Escalade, and now you're getting her a Mazda <laughs> Miata. <laughs> <laughs> but did, it's true; the, it's the, enough
2: the, taxes that it's like you're a different kind of rich before and after. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It,
0: it, it there definitely is. I can understand, and I've always understood the the notion of like more money, more problems sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I certainly understand the other side of it where it's like, fuck you, shut up. But they're just, (laughs) it's, it's not that it's harder. It's just that there are a set of problems and, and a set of like numbers that you're not used to. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy shit, this is not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. There's, some, you know, things that you got to worry about and, and take care of and be smart about. And, you know what? It's almost like I, I used to think about when people would hit the Powerball.
2: You're like, oh, my God, I got $500
0: million. And then you learn that there was like five other winners. And it's like yeah, you're right. still walking away with a ton of money. But all of a sudden, your money gets cut in, in uh, into a fifth. And you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Oh, my God. Uh, and, uh, I'm broke. And it's like, right. no, no, no. You're still you know very rich and happy. But your mindset shifts a little bit where it's like, all right, there's Do, just more to worry about. Like,
1: Does your, does you your agent take a percentage of your I don't work income? Agent. Oh, okay.
0: I I I uh, for this next contract I I have somebody that's an agent who's it's almost like more like they're consulting me right now, but I have not had a I have a touring agent who like books the yep. road, but I've never had an agent um, book uh, uh, negotiate my. That's contracts.
1: great. So that's ten percent you didn't lose.
0: Ten percent I didn't lose on contracts that are probably like forty percent too low.
2: <laughs> so yeah, but you know, on the on the buyout the so
0: uh, my, my thought with agents always was, and I think there's two things I regret, and this goes back to I lost track of my thought but when you're talking about the squeaky wheel gets the oil cheese I uh, the cheese cheese <laughs> um, yeah. the um I, I I thought at Barstool there's two things I would do differently. one, I think I straight up was a little too self- deprecating, and that was like always my. Sense of humor and always will be. But there was a point where it was like me, Dan, and Dave, and like, and those guys were kind of like born to be stars and knew it. And like, especially, I mean, Dave was like, I'm going to be rich one day. You can find the fucking blogs back in 05 where he was like, I don't know how, but I'm going to be rich from gambling. And like, boom, it that's came amazing. to fruition, you know? Thank and you. I was always the guy that's like, I might, I'm probably going to end up dead in the gutter. I'm just, I don't know why, you know? So I was, I would make fun of myself and I would clown myself and, I think while that got some laughs and built the character that I am today, sometimes I wish I was a little more like, you know, no, I fucking, I did that podcast first or this, this is crushing. or I think I'm the best writer or whatever. Cause again, if you're not going to say it, they're not going to say, it. you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of times where like Twitter trolls or whoever would like take shots at me. And I'd almost be like, it's almost like I can make fun of my mom. You can't, you know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. hold on. I'll say that I'm like, Skinny, fat, and lame. Not
2: you. Fuck off. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I wish. And number two is I, I and I, I say this to anybody, the minute you're talking about like a, a, any semblance of real money, you should probably have an agent who knows what the fuck they're talking about. Mm. I, I think I, I signed like a longer term deal that uh, was probably like not a good deal for me. When did you do that? I'm just, it's just expiring now. So. Oh, that's like, the last one. Yeah, so like 20, I think I signed like a 5-year deal. Huh. It was like 2018 through now.
1: And mm. the terms of that never changed during the course of that no. deal? No. So wow. uh it was like it was like a
0: pretty quick pretty big jump from like what I was making in 17 to 18, but then from there it just had like regularly installed raises, but nothing major.
1: Could you not have and gone and been like, hey, look at this. I've created this and this, and I'm doing this and that. Squeaky wheel gets the cheese, man. You, you weren't know, squeaking.
0: Like, it's not squeaking. You never squeaked once? I didn't squeak once. The only reason I will also say this is because, and I don't even know I'm supposed to be talking about these things, but there was um, I had certain revenue goals set uh, for bonuses, and those did not take into account One Minute Man because that had not been a thing yet. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, I've got to hit this revenue goal based on, like, all this other little shit that I was doing. And all of a sudden, I had this fucking skyrocket that, you know, I'm going to hit that goal. And so my bonus is going to be, you know, sizable because of that. So I'm just going to, you know, shut my mouth. Oh, and you did. So I did. But, like, but even, like, on top, like, just my base salary probably should have been higher. And more importantly, I probably should have negotiated maybe some non financial terms of Mm -hmm. like just things about you know how we operate but i was just kind of like that number is bigger than i thought it was going to be and like more money than i ever thought i would make for blogging (laughs) so i'm there and then you know i'm like uh looking back maybe because a lot changed from 17 to 23 you know it's like we went from i went from just like um this is just my job to being like uh, i'm you know i'm a part owner of this company and i want to Start my own branch. I'm gonna do my own things, and you know all that kind of stuff. So Mm. those are two things that I would, you know, be a little more confident and and have somebody. I I was just afraid of like I didn't want to rock the boat with Dave and Erica. I wanted in my mind, whatever. Two things in my mind. We understand that. Dave and Erica are like negotiating types that like they're not going to get like duped by an agent. So you're not going to all of a sudden get like twenty five extra percent. You're probably going to get like ten extra percent, which you then just pay back to them. So I was like, well, right. I'm gonna go ruin this, like our our dynamic mm-hmm. with this agent that I know they hate for a couple extra bucks. But then I was like, fuck that. Like I should just be like, I'm an employee, you're the employer, this is show business, basically. Mm-hmm. Like I had to remind myself, like, this is fucking right. show business. It's That's not personal, it
2: it's formality. Yeah, right. Yeah, and
0: yeah. and now, especially now, like if you're dealing it's not Dave personally anymore. Like, it's like you have a boss, you have a company, like represent yourself properly, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're you know, there's a level to it. I mean, if you're I me- like, I remember a little sass making some contract demands early on that was like, okay, <laughs> I'm all for, <laughs> you know, get your money. But like, you got to be reasonable about certain things, you know,
1: <laughs> you, you were a fearless voice constantly pushing the envelope, uh, for God so many damn, years. I love this episode. like four hours and you and you were you were the edgiest writer for sure i think for me no one no one well dave but you set the tone in terms of this is what barcel is in the early blogs uh i can still remember you know the one you wrote about the blind people Mm -hmm. um that was early that was like week one month one i might then maybe i saw like a, a yeah, reprinting yeah, yeah. of it, and it was also
0: like every time there was a story about blind people it like re you know I, I wrote another one and restarted but i think that was like summer to fall of 2009 maybe which was like wow
1: 2010
0: or, 20, all right so yeah but still distinct. i mean that's summer. yeah summer okay
1: um and <laughs> then a very distinct moment that i was at the company for and i hope you don't mind if we bring this up no mm. uh this was, what, 2018? 17, 18. Something 17, like 18. I think it was right around January, so I don't know which
0: year it went into. And which, uh,
1: yeah, whatever. I remember I was in a, I don't know, some kind of a radio show or podcast, and I came out of it, and I walked back to my desk, and I was all jolly and talking loudly as I did, <laughs> and Nate went, dude, <laughs> And I was like, was what? Like, was, uh, we and he was like, yo, man, bring yeah, it down. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you, why, why? And everyone just had their de- heads uh. over and buried <laughs> in their laptops. Nobody God. was talking. And he was like, Kevin's wife just outed him for having an affair. And I was like, you're fucking shit. kidding me. Yeah, that was wild. And you had gone or hadn't come in because you were dealing with it. And then, it just became this seismic story. Yeah, and I remember hearing that TMZ was waiting for you in the lobby of that little building we worked uh, in. Yep, and they never,
0: they never got me, but I heard they were
1: there. Yeah, that when I heard that, I was like, "Oh, that was that's crazy." Though. That's like, cra- that was crazy I, to me.
0: I don't think anybody, all parties involved, uh, thought it was going to be like that. Like, yeah. I mean, I was in. TMZ. They wrote about it in the Daily Mail over in the UK. Mm-hmm. There was a little blurb on in People Magazine, not the, the magazine, but the online version. Yeah. I remember Dave going, "Well, you made it to People Magazine." I
1: yeah, like, I mean, you, I don't want to <laughs> not to make this a dick measuring contest, but I, I got Washington Post when I got fired. Hey, which, you know, yeah, <laughs> and I got da- I got Daily Mail too. Uh, yeah, yeah, it mean, wasn't a blurb. It, it, it was, was a whole thing. fucking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh you know, the write ups and the stories and like, I think to this day, my google's results are not great. Yeah.
2: So okay. <laughs> Shout
0: out to Raya who banned me, wouldn't let me in the dating app of that? the dating app. I'm assuming. Oh my god. They 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 put me on the wait list and I was like, oh, oh, nice. wow. I could probably venture a guess as to why. Okay. But,
1: but I have I have new questions. Wow.
0: That's that's refreshing because <laughs> the same old fucking ones. I have new
1: questions. <laughs> um. I remember the next day you came in. And I came in re-
0: for the record, for better or worse, smart or dumb. I don't know what it is. That shit happened on like a Thursday. I think I skipped Friday. I was back on the radio on Monday. Came in on Monday. I don't Monday, know if that was a good idea or bad idea.
1: but Face the music. Yeah. Um, You came in. You walked in. You walked off the elevator. It was probably like nine thirty, ten a.m. So oh, only a handful I of people were there. I remember that, though. And I was sitting down, and you were like, all right, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm sorry and you apologized and you sort of your voice cracked and you broke down and my heart broke. I remember my heart breaking for you. Mm-hmm. Because I just I just couldn't imagine how this company that was a comedy and entertainment company had created a voyeurism of its employees that would place them in a position to be judged and, and, and ridiculed uh, and have stones thrown at mm-hmm. for what is a human mistake or, or fallibility that has been happening for fucking years mm-hmm. to so many fucking people. The divorce rate in America is over 50%. And it's not because people like blah, blah, blah. It's not everyone's beating each other. Everyone's cheating on each other. That's why. Everybody is doing this. And all those stoolies, what a monster. You fucking piece of shit. You have no idea. You know why? Because no one's going to marry you. That's how much of a loser you are. Just because you're single for no choice of your own doesn't mean you get to judge why or how someone's marriage fell apart. Right. So. That you was You issued that apology. We all got up in turns and gave you a hug. I would, I like to, I'm proud of the fact that I was the second up after John Feidelberg. You can watch the tapes. Um, my question, if yeah. you have thoughts about this moment, I'd, I'd be happy to hear them. But my question, which all of this is a long way, a way of getting to this. How much different is your career if that doesn't happen?
0: I think probably significantly, and I don't, I can't pinpoint that. The only thing I can say tangibly, this is not the biggest thing in the world, but to me, it was going to be pretty cool. Uh, We had a deal with Reebok, and we had just designed our own sneaker, and you know, as a sneaker guy, that was pretty cool. It was a Reebok classic, like a true sneaker. This sounds very dickhead of me to be like, the one bad thing that happened about this was sneakers, (laughs) but it was the one tangible thing. Reebok dropped me like immediately which was just a weird thing I was like I'm being like dropped like the way you hear you know Kanye got dropped yeah. you know mm-hmm. so they like, canceled our deal the shoe was made it never came out and so that was like the only tangible thing in the moment but then over the years I heard things like I, I remember uh, when I finally became friendly with uh Reina and Ashley on girls got to eat um like a couple after a couple interviews they flat out were like yeah we like avoided you and or turned down interviews and stuff cuz we like didn't want to be around that and then we kind of got to know you and know the situation and we were like oh fuck that and i was like man how many people did that mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. and i do think there was some level um i don't think i was ever going to be on the level of dave and dan but dating back to that there was like a big three vibe and then not you know those guys between gambling and just their star power we're going on a different trajectory as me. I don't think it helped that that also was like became what I'm known for, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Um did you feel neutered in a way by it? Um I felt
0: the and I still to this day feel like the need to qualify like everything I say. Like if I'm writing a blog and I want to make a joke, I would have to throw in a like, now I'm not one to talk, but mm-hmm. or sometimes like hey, take it from me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and so that that feels a little annoying because it's like this would be the perfect joke in this blog. Yeah. As is. But I know that the only reaction I'm gonna get is gonna be like, Well, you can't say that because XYZ and I'm like, Oh, I don't want this whole blog to just be lost in the divorce and cheating talk. So let me acknowledge it and try to pop a doc, try to be rabbit that shit and get ahead of it. So not like neutered in that sense, but I do feel like I um you know, you lose, you lose the fucking high ground like forever on any topic. Although I think that's kind of crazy. Like I'll talk about, you know, fucking R. Kelly, and someone will be like, "Well, who are you oh, to talk?" God. I'm like, "Come on, guys!" And there are <laughs> times where people like will literally talk about like rapists, and I'm like, "Guys!" And there's some story, you know, there's there's like a version of the story is that I was I missed the birth of one of my children to you know have an affair. I'm like, and they've been a lot of people believe that. A lot of people think it was literally like. Sorry, like I'm in a hotel. It's like because one asshole said it, and people love to run with it. And I'm also not the type. I've talked about it here and there. I'll answer all these questions. I've never, and I never will, sit down and explain like everything because it's just I don't, I don't believe in airing things you out like can't that. can't control
1: it. You can't control you it. You also, yeah, you can't you like can just the people build who want to hate you. Of it. It's like
0: anything else. People say though, it's like when we fight the against the, the tides at Barstool, and people are hating on us. The people who like us. Like us and continue to ride for us, the people who hate us are always going to hate us. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, there's a middle ground that you hope to grab and convince. But like the amount of people who were just kind of like, that's his business, or hey, I've been in a similar spot, don't throw stones, or I don't like what you did, but that doesn't define you, whatever your variation is, you probably already believe that, whether or not I explain everything to you or not. And then there are people who, Hate me because of it, or hated me already, and just love that they have this ammo against me now, right. or whatever. So you're probably not going to change any any minds. So why continue to air out all your business that's already already? It all should have stayed private. Ninety percent of it, you know, fifty percent of it's out there. I'm going to make it ninety percent now. Like now you know, right? Right. So um, I, I would love to. There are definitely times where I'm like, if I if you knew certain things or whatever, you know, never going to say I handled it the right way, but man some of the portrayals that people are the versions that people made up in their head of me is like kind of crazy. You know, I just don't get the, like you said, it's been going on in every form, whether it's public, private, famous, not famous reality TV, scripted TV, even like everything we, you know, forever. And there are even people like down to my exact situation, pregnant wife, married this long, like whatever, all the details you want to throw at me that are, that make it seem that much more heinous and that much more terrible. There are super famous people, your favorite entertainers, comedians, actors, who do like the exact same thing. Nobody cares. Nobody seems to hold them. Right. Nobody rakes them over the over the coals. I I think the only difference is a lot of those situations did not involve a call out. It was like right. Page Six found out about, right. but yeah. it wasn't the person the involved. Presentation matters, and yeah. that really makes it be like you know. Pile on, go, 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 go,
2: go. it makes you feel better, I, I, this is the first time I've ever heard about it.
0: <laughs> it does. So like <laughs> never, I, great. that's yeah. <laughs> also why, you know, sometimes I'm like, shut up and stop talking about it because you're the one perpetuating it. I will say that like, like if I, I post a one minute man, inevitably top comments almost always are like, yeah, but you cheated on your wife, no matter what the topic is. And so part of me is like, I have to continue to address it because there's enough people that do see it and probably do go Google me. And it's like it would just be, I don't want to be one of those people in the public eye who like just ignores reality, puts mm-hmm. their head in the sand. Part of me sometimes is just like, you know, don't fan the flames. Don't give it any, you know, let's snuff this thing out. Because there are people like you who didn't know and now mm-hmm. they are going to know. But I think enough people know that mm-hmm. it, it's um, like part of me sometimes thinks maybe if I got away from Barstool with that, would I shed that also as well? I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. Like if it would be like, oh, that's Probably. just Kevin Clancy, a new, you know, stand-up I, podcast, whatever, blah, blah blah. Not oh, that's the guy from Barstool who cheated on his if wife. If
1: you know. started a terrestrial sports radio show in the New York tri-state area and you built a fan base, there would be moments, in my opinion, where people would be like, "Wait, Kevin Clancy? Isn't that that guy who mm-hmm. had that thing with his wife?" Mm-hmm. And someone would be like, "What?" And they wouldn't look it up right it but would just the interest this, dude, would end there i
0: don't know why there is some sort of burning interest when it comes to me that i've noticed that my
1: might... guess is it's because you had the strongest opinions yeah you were the mm-hmm. most also you had tied your personal life to your brand yeah you were godfathers. Yeah. you talked about your kids you played into the sort of like Angry, you know. But that was
0: the thing is, I, it was the, like, I was not the guy who was like, I'm fucking super happy and I, my marriage is better than yours, sort of thing. Like, if you were listening, you knew I was struggling, you know? Yeah, but everyone, so,
1: I think everyone thought you were kidding because everyone's seen that trope, that, the, yeah. the disenchanted father, many well, times. And, and that was
0: kind of my argument too, a lot of times when people would tell me, like, to not talk about your family as much or, hey, that's all private. In hindsight, I should have talked way less if, or maybe zero about my family. But anything I did talk about was the tropes. I was never coming up, like I was never telling the public about our individual thing that is unique to us. It mm-hmm. was always like, you don't get laid when you're married and you get nagged and, you yeah. know, she's closing the, the cabinets too loud and the silent, all that shit. It was like, this is what couples go through and I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about that. But in hindsight, I, I definitely should have, I shouldn't have posted, I shouldn't have, you know, because well, that was part of it, like, As much as I say, if you listen to all my shows, I was being uh, pretty open, maybe a little secretly, but pretty open. But people don't listen to your shows. They watch. They see your Instagram. They see the one post of you with your family looking happy. They think that you're playing the happy family man, and then you think you're a fraud. And it's Mm -hmm. like I was being pretty real about it. You know, it was obviously things people didn't know, but it was like I don't know. It was it was more there. Then I think people realize what I didn't expect is the day you described. I don't know why I was not braced for this. I didn't expect I walked off the elevator and YP had a camera like right in my face. And I thought maybe there would have been like a a grace period or they would have even said. But in hindsight, I'm sure that everyone was like, yo, go get your camera. You know, I'm sure they were like, this is going to be the biggest day of content ever. So that, that, I gave that impromptu speech and was crying and shit because I was like, I didn't even consider this. You know, I was like, oh my yeah. God, this is going to be all the content everybody's talking about for a week. And it turned out to be five years. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but, you know, enough people uh, seem to still fuck with me. So, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, there's a couple of ways to look at it. One is, Barstool may be the only company where a story like that of an employee becomes material and fodder for the entire company. Right. But on the flip side, maybe Barstool is one of the few companies where an employee can have something like that happen, a public scandal, and you just keep working, stick your way out, and a handful of years later, you make 19 million dollars. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so it's a story of perseverance i'll yeah. tell you that much because god damn it has been a fucking
1: wild ride it's been
0: a wild ride it's also i mean i've been scratching and clawing to get past it all so yeah. i mean still to this day is a, is a problem and i do wonder like if there would have been more um offers or like like i i one of the things i i would hope to do is as my kids get older and i maybe got to tone it down more or i want to Slow down the edgy, tone down the edginess or whatever. I'd love to get into some basic hosting of shit, a Netflix reality show, mm-hmm. a game show, some shit like that. Put my hosting skills to use on something that's like I don't want to say mindless, but you know what I mean. And I wonder if there was ever some of that. it was I had one meeting one time with people from like Sony, I think it was, talking about a potential Netflix collab, and they were like really about it, and then all of a sudden like poof, gone. And in my head, it could be a million reasons, but in my head, I'm like, oh, they Googled me. They figured this mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd love, I, part of me would love to know that answer. Part of me would, part of me would love to know that answer if it's not so bad. If you told me <laughs> that I went on, I would have gone on to become, you know, fucking the next big thing. I don't want to know that.
1: <laughs> but Kevin, you'd have to say that if you had the opportunity to do it all differently, I think, given the buyout and the magnitude of that money, it, it you again. can't you can't change a a thread of what you ha- of the way things went because there may not be a, route, a road a road to that yeah e- enormous payday. I, if I anything usually is agree different.
0: with you, but like that, you know. Actually, I don't know. I, I will say this, and this is sad. This is a sad commentary as well. I. My career, like the amount of content I put out was like five x after I got divorced because I find you can't do both to the fullest. Like if your relationship is thriving and you're traveling and spending time, I think your work is going to suffer and vice versa. You're in the office every time, all day long. I think your home is going to be a little more of a struggle. And I find that life, the key to life is that balance, you know, and if you can strike one, God bless you. Uh, I passed up on a lot of things, I turned down a lot of stuff, I shied away from certain content and jokes and all this sort of shit, traveling more with Dave, all these things that I knew was going to put a strain on my relationship, and then once I was single, it was like, I started a Mets podcast, I started One Minute Man, we added episodes to the, this show, I added an entire other podcast, like, I did so much more, like, I can tell you, I, One Minute Man probably would not exist, could I stayed in a marriage, because... I, you know, when I would get home for the day, I'd be like, all right, work's over. I got to, I mean, meanwhile, I, I'm making one man's like every fucking, you know, every time something happened, I'm alone in my apartment, bam, here we go. You know? So part of me, maybe you're right. Maybe if I hadn't done all that work, things would have gone differently. But part of me thinks I was there to establish Barstool. I probably would have had that equity no matter what. And if I could have avoided that situation, it'd probably be better for my kids, my family, all that stuff. But professionally, yeah. I could say in the in the long run it ended up okay professionally. Uh, family wise, personally, we'll see. The time, you know, the book is still mm-hmm. the rest is still unwritten. Yeah. <laughs> but it's man, only, it was you know. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah it we're was early wild. on in the, in the tale still. Yeah. You know, we'll see.
1: Okay, last question. What do you want from a material standpoint with this with this new wealth? <laughs> Uh um, what's what's one thing that once the tax bills are paid yeah, yeah, yeah. you realize how much you have left let's say that it's uh, any amount of money what's the treat
0: i'm gonna take out a house because i gotta buy a house but that's not you know you gotta have a house right it's like uh and i gotta how
1: nice is that house
0: um, it's pretty dope. The house. Of yeah, <laughs>
1: yes. yeah. But I'll say this. Yes. It is dope. Heated floors, a so, shower that can turn into a steam room. Though, yeah. bro, those
0: are the treats. Cause it's not, that's not there yet. It's an older home that I'm looking at, but like, I think I will make, I've always said I wanted, uh, a nice bathroom, like a baller bathroom. Yep. yep. And that, that will be one thing I do. um, and then there's I, one thing that is kind of stupid, definitely stupid, and I don't know if I'm going to do it because it's shockingly stupid, but it's also something that's been in my content since like, for sure not since pr- the, the blog I had before Barstool that I used to joke about, but I also think is kind of a fucking cool idea is I always said, I want to make enough money where I can retire and I could uh, open up a bowling alley in the Caribbean. okay and it's so so listen hear me out it's It's an bowling coconuts yes it's an outdoor bowling alley (laughs) the pins are painted like corona bottles and the balls are painted like uh, coconuts or limes you're outdoors but it's got a roof over you so you know if it rains or whatever and like just little walls so like the sand can't blow on but it's open air and you're like looking at the beach and you can bowl, and there, but it's also, it's, it's not one of those like dingy bowling clubs. Like there's a DJ and like hot waitresses and you can party there, but you're also bowling on the beach in the Caribbean. Yeah. And I kind of think that might be, you know, not that much just given where maybe I put it and shit. Yeah. I don't know. So Sick. it's obviously way out there, but like if I ever get like, fuck you money, I might just be like, I'm going to open this and it's going to fail in like a year, but I'm going to like be able to take a picture with all that I described mm-hmm. and I'll be able to go back to like a blog in 2007 when I was like fresh out of school and be like, I fucking did this failed miserably, but I fucking did this. Yeah. So the bowling alley in the Caribbean would be the one, uh but, but a tangible one ball or bathroom is what I want. Whether or not this house that I'm looking at can fit it. I actually don't know yet, but they kind of say, you know, we can make, we can do cool shit and make it happen. But cool. Uh, Yeah. The upgrade to the house is going to be nice, man. I've lived in, garbage, (laughs) garbage apartments for the last five years.
2: When I got a divorce, I
0: was like I was like, I'm just not going to do anything permanent yet. It's crazy but it's one thing to say like I got a year left on my lease or like let's just hold on for two more years, like five years, a long time. Yeah, yeah. I was living like my cars were getting broken into outside my apartment. Currently right now I live next to the fucking NYPD gun range (laughs) all day long in the Bronx area. (laughs)
2: wow because it's
0: just like all these guys like practicing yeah, you know? but that's
1: the Bronx you'd hear that whether you lived next to a gun range or not I mean <laughs> uh guys that's Kevin Clancy thank you for your incredible transparency and everything that you've yeah, done man. I'm to, happy uh, to talk.
0: sometimes I need to get on other shows to talk about it yeah I man
2: to talk about all these
1: <laughs> Good things have you but on, man. well we're thrilled it. because yeah. you're the reason that this new chapter of Barstool is heading towards the world of comedy and sure enough Julio sure. and I have come in to this you know finding that out it's like being told hey everyone we're going to start switch everything over to spanish and meanwhile he and i've spent the last 10 years (laughs) taking spanish classes so it's like oh fuck yeah no totally i mean very cool i
0: I want you guys to be a huge part of it i'm hoping it all uh unfolds the way like we i want it to
1: um you guys need to talk more you and Julio, yeah, yeah, because he's uh, he's way deeper in the in the world of comedy than really? I am. Okay, he's cool. been at Definitely. it longer. He he knows. Yeah, people more. I
0: think that there's um, almost. I hate to like say it this way because I don't want to jinx it, but it's like I don't see a way this thing fails if we approach comedy the way we have been, and maybe a little bit extra with some more knowledge from people like yourselves who have done yeah, yeah, it. Sure. And you guys, you guys, are the only people who have, uh, like married. The stand-up comedy and barstool like you mm-hmm. know i talk about it you guys do it mm-hmm. um and so i think you guys probably have some great insight and would be perfect people to launch with this this whole new thing but it's just a matter of like whether or not barstool really wants to do it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. do you want to be able to say like hey yeah the new york office is still running but you know let's mm-hmm. go down to let's go down to miami and check out what dave's doing and then let's mm-hmm. look at the chicago office if you want to do it barstool new york we can do it like i feel like in a, you know In a year, we can have this shit popping, so hopefully that's where we end up.
1: You got any live KFC radio dates
0: coming Um, up? Nothing we're we're announcing soon. Uh, I think April will be when we start to go back out. April 26th, Houston Improv. April 27th, Dallas at the Addison Improv. April 29th, Austin at the Moon Tower Comedy. So that end of April is our Texas swing, and then May 12th is at the Wilbur. That's almost sold out already, so go get your tickets now. And then uh, May 14th after that is Stanford. So basically Texas and then a Boston, Connecticut thing. And then we have a a few others that we're going to announce soon. I think like a Pittsburgh, Milwaukee area type thing. Um, So we're, you know, we went out West for the first time this past year and did like three shows in four nights. For the first time ever, and like really, really enjoyed that. I was mm-hmm. like, "This is good for us." Mm-hmm. So makes that's you also, and no, but you know what? It's also what I, to put it on, uh, put a bow on all, on all of it. You live on the internet for so long; and it's obviously so negative, and <laughs> you start to fucking believe it. And then you go out in, in the real world, and people love you and say your show is great. and want to buy you a shot and take a picture. And you know, some people are like crying to meet us and FaceTiming family. And I was like, holy shit, maybe I should do this if for no other reason than to be reminded that people actually like us. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it does keep you know on top of all that stuff. So, yeah, coming to a city near you, we put the, we put the podcast on stage and have a good time. So that's at, uh, if you just go to KFC Radio on all our social, uh, or KFC Barstool is my personal, and you'll see all of our, all of our content and all of our links.
1: Cool. Thank G, you, guys. Anything coming up?
2: Yeah, just check out nahulio.com for all my tour dates. I'm bouncing around for the rest of the year. I got like a bunch of stuff. So go check that out. What about you?
1: Yeah, same deal. You guys know me, Hero We Need Tour, FrancisLs.com for (laughs) tickets. Uh, That's Kevin Clancy. You can check him out on KFC Radio. Thank you so much. We're Oops Podcast. We'll see you guys soon. I got a few. Oh! Come on. Facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. Were they lying? Facts with Ryan. (laughs) All right. So podcasting was invented in 2004. Damn, you were late, bro. Well,
0: that's the thing. Like, I mean, I think Bill Simmons was doing it like... Do you have a fact on that? I'm pretty sure he was on that shit like real really? early.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Rogan was doing... Yeah, 2007. Yeah, that's pretty like, That's early. pretty... Do you know who Rogan's first episode was with? Red Band? Brian Rubin. Ari Shafir. Really?
0: Oh, wow. Man, Ari's a legend. He's been oh, around wow. for a minute, dude. I'm
1: pretty sure of that fact. That is legendary. I think
0: that's true. I'm, yeah. I would love to sit down with Red Band and be like, what happened? Give me the truth, too. Like, how do you mm-hmm. feel? she has got to be a part of it. And it's like, fuck. Yeah.
1: You're right, Francis. One. Oh, nice. Uh, in 2005, the word podcast was declared word of the year by the new Oxford American Dictionary. Mm. And then Brianna
0: <laughs> West, she's an author. She's 30 years old. Oh, wait. I thought that was going okay. yeah. 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 to. Fo- and
1: she follows 605 people on Instagram. <laughs> and then I have one more quote to cap it off from her. <laughs> The universe whispers until it screams,
2: and happy people listen while the call is still quiet. Uh: Brianna West.: Thanks, Brianna. I' you one better.: <laughs> cool. All right,
1: thanks, guys. <laughs>